Ukraine President Zelensky spoke to the U.S. Congress today, and 800 million dollar aid was announced just hours later. Most recent updates of Ukraine war. Chinese government placed two hands on its positioning on the war. Department of Justice charged five individuals for threatening the freedom and the safety of Chinese Americans, and we will bring you the story behind. Hello, everyone.、Um, you are. Thank you for watching Wen and Kathy Show. I'm your host Wei Fang. I'm Kathy Zhang. As you can see, that I'm just putting on a microphone. We can still <laughs> put this together. All right. So great to have you with us. With, with us. So Department of Justice charged five individuals. Five individuals today. And、uh, well, Kathy just busy with it for a few hours and dig out the story from behind, which is quite.、Um, Uh, startling. Anyway, yeah,、so、it's. I I would say you know maybe you hear it's it's about the Chinese individuals and the threatening Chinese Americans、uh, safety and freedom, but it actually it it reflects a much bigger、um, plan、mm-hmm. and the plot, you know, behind the scene undermining the very fundamentals of this country, this country of United States. So will be that will be our feature story. Okay,、uh, tonight. But so stay tuned for that. You will find out what they, what they did, what they are doing, and what the what they will be doing, and what's the damage, and what we should be aware of. And it, I, I just I want to add one more thing:、mm-hmm. is that even the、uh, story told by the Department of Justice is actually not the complete story. They only scratch the surface. All right. So before that, let's go to the quick news today, and、uh, the Ukrainian、uh, the president.、Uh, Zelensky delivered a impassionate, okay, impassionate plea to the U.S. Congress, and、uh, this morning actually for additional support and for President Biden to spearhead the world's defense of、um, Ukraine. And、uh, while Zelensky delivered the majority of his speech in Ukrainian with the English interpreter, he actually ended his、uh, remarks, and、uh, which were delivered via, you know. Video link in English addressing Biden directly. This is his original word. He said,、uh, "You are the leader of the nation, of your great nation. I wish you to be the. I wish you be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of the of peace." So. Biden responded just hours later, pledging to send an additional eight hundred million dollars to Ukraine to boost security measures. This is in addition to two hundred million dollars in military aid to Ukraine. Biden sent on Sunday. This also comes just one day after Biden signed a bill to give thirteen point six billion dollars for emergency aid. To Ukraine, so you have to say, you know, you have to give credit to President Zelensky, right?、Mm-hmm. He's he's really a, a PR talent and he's very persuasive. Yeah. You know, while he's having this war directed, this battle, you know, of Kiev, which is the city that he's sitting in, and is, which is three ways surrounded, he's able to talk to UK, you know, UK House Parliament and US Congress, and talk to you know just Parliament after Parliament, almost like every day or every other days. And、uh, broadening the support that he can get, and every time he 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 talk, people respond. He got more, you know, more aid,、mm-hmm. military or、uh, humanitarian, and so on. So he's quite he's quite a 
quite a person, right? Mm -hmm. Quite a so, figure, quite a leader. Yeah, so what's uh, the additional aid uh, the United States is giving to him? Biden said that the aid package includes 800 anti-aircraft systems, 9,000 shoulder-mounted anti-AMOR missile systems to destroy tanks, and 7,000 small arms, including guns and uh, uh, grenade launchers, 20 million rounds of ammunition and drones. Well, specifically, a U.S. Uh, a military official was asked about uh, the, the, the drones. Are they for surveillance or they are armed? Well, the official said pretty, you know, bluntly, he said uh, they are to deliver a punch. So in his speech on Wednesday, Zanetsky, President Zanetsky also proposed a new global alliance between the United States and the European allies. He said, we propose to create a, an association called the UU, U24, United for Peace. And uh, he said, this is a union of responsible countries that uh, have the strength and consciousness to stop conflict immediately. Okay, Zelensky said the group would provide all the necessary assistance in 24 hours, military, humanitarian, and just whatever, just quickly, just in one day, deliver all the support needed. Mm, so quick response. I think this is also under the premise that he actually acknowledged that Ukraine won't be part of the NATO. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he made that uh, pretty clear. And uh, well, on the same day, okay, in the event, uh, in, after President Biden made his uh, remarks, and the people was asking, uh, reporters was asking about, do you think uh, Putin is a war criminal? And actually Biden said, uh, I think he's a war cr criminal, and then he just walked away. As a response, the Kremlin spokesperson and uh, talked to Tass, saying that uh, Biden's word is uh, unacceptable and uncondonable. And uh, the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, said that the president's remarks speak for themselves, and it was speaking from the heart. Anyway, that's the, that's the little exchange over there. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, take a look at the uh, updates of the war in Ukraine. Russia kept uh, shelling Ukraine cities today. In Kiev, a series of Russian strikes hit a residential neighborhood, sparkling a huge fire and a frantic uh, rescue effort in a 15-story apartment building. At least four people were killed and the others were trapped. A Russian military are still 10 to 15 miles away from the Kiev. It is hitting the central region of the Kiev with long-range artillery. And uh, there are a, a, a rare gl glimmer of hope in the encircled uh, port city of uh, Mar Mar Mariupol, which is on the east side of the country, after a convoy of 160 civilian cars left, with, uh, left along a designated humanitarian route. And over the past 10 days or so, the lethal siege has uh, pulverized homes and other buildings and left people desperate for food, water, heat and medicine. The latest negotiations between Russia and Ukraine held by video on Monday were the fourth round involving higher level officials from the two countries and the first in a week. The talks ended without a breakthrough after several hours. The two sides had expressed some optimism in the past few days. Uh, the aide to President Zelensky tweeted that the negotiators would discuss peace, ceasefire, 
immediate withdrawal of troops and security guarantees. And uh, Ukraine President Zelensky expressed that uh, Ukraine needs to accept that it won't join NATO. Okay, and uh, talking about the U.S.-China relationship here, surrounding the issue of the war, after seven hours uh, in, of intense talks in Rome on Monday um, with uh, China, China's top diplomat Yang Jiechi, White House National Security Advisor Jake Solomon said, the United States is deeply concerned that China is aligned with Russia in the war and uh, in, the, in the war in Ukraine, and uh, Solomon, um, Sullivan, Sullivan warned before his trip, he said this, while making it clear to Beijing directly and privately that there will absolutely be consequences for long, uh, large-scale attempts to evade sanctions or to fill vacancies with, uh, with Russia. In regards to Western media's report about U.S. officials saying that uh, Russia was seeking economic and military assistance from China, but the Chinese foreign minister ministry denied it, calling it false information. So, do you? Yeah, who do you believe? So basically, uh, CCP or the Chinese government has been playing with two hands with its uh, position on the war. China's top leadership kept saying that they are neutral, okay, on this Ukraine and uh, Russia conflict. However, Chinese official media and the diplom uh, diplomats, not at the top, okay, the lower level diplomats, uh, diplomats, continue to promote Russian war propaganda and disinformation at home and abroad. For example, CCP's domestic media has been unleashing the anti-West and the pro-Russia propaganda and completely skipped, well, like the news we talked about today, skipped the Ukrainian President Zelensky's speech on the, uh, at the, to the U.S. Congress, just like the thing that never happened before, mm -hmm. you know, never happened. Yeah, okay. and in the meantime, the U.N.'s highest court, the Hegel-based um, International Court of Justice has just ordered Russia to cease its military operations in, in Ukraine in a ruling on March 16th that uh, justices uh, voted 13 to 2 in favor of the order. So guess who cast the two objective uh, note, uh, votings? So that's the judge okay. from Russia and from China. Yep. So you understand that part? That's, um, this is how China works, okay? They, on different levels, they present different things because they serve, uh, serve different purpose. On the top level, like Yang Jiechi or the Xi Jinping, he would say, we're neutral, we don't get ourselves involved. But on the lower level, they have to instigate Chinese people to support them. Mm -hmm. So they, they just you know, pick another tone. Actually, on the tw Twitters, I did, I did receive information from people from within China saying that the central government now organized hundreds of this so-called uh, directing, directing team going into the university and the college and uh, so-called work unit, telling people how you should talk about you know, the, the Ukraine and the Russian war. Because mm -hmm. they don't want you know deviate because they instigate so much, how to say, passion for Russia and uh, people can go out of bound and to contradict their top leader who keeps saying we're neutral, we're neutral. So they have to, it's called a Tong Yi Kou Jing, okay? It's called what, centralized the, 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 rhetoric. rhetoric, yes. Uh -huh. This Narration. is how they do, yeah. And uh, they're able to just, um, you know, regulate the entire talk of the nation by common people. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, it, it's just yeah. out of control. Right. It's 
it's really hard to to regulate really do a perfect job. Yeah, 1.4 billion people. Yeah. Yeah, and the one thing actually, it's you know, I, I just noticed that I you know we didn't prepare to talk about it, but I think it's in relates to what uh, China's uh, government's uh, role in the Russian. Uh, invasion. Actually, remember we talk about uh, the Phoenix uh, TV, yep. which is the arm of the CCTV, uh, the Chinese uh, state-run media. Actually, there is uh, one reporter of uh, Phoenix in uh, Russia. Mm -hmm. He was actually able to get into very, very close, actually get into the Russian army mm -hmm. to report. Mm -hmm. Actually, I just yesterday I noticed uh, he has been reporting uh, from Russia before mm -hmm. the invasion, mm. and uh, we talked about the the other city in Ukraine, the Manipal. Mm -hmm. He was actually there interviewing the Russian soldier, okay. and the, the, he asked the soldier, are you, "Are you afraid?" And the soldier said, "Oh, I've been fighting for eight years. I, you know, it's nothing to mm. me." So. The, the the overall the theme of his reporting is really just uh, showing how Russian our army is so strong, you know, and uh, so it has already took a notice from different media. Um, if you you know like read other media, it's they they just talking about why and how this um, state-run media of CCP can get so close into Russia, mm -hmm. right? So that's from another angle uh, about uh, the relationship between these two governments. All right, so now we come to today's uh, feature story. It was like, initially I just thought it's a uh, you know, press release from and press conference from the US Justice Department regarding the five spies that they charged, uh, who they um, Feel that they believe that uh, they are acting on behalf of the PRC government, secret service, uh, secret police, uh, for targeting, harassing, and spying on Chinese nationals living in the United States. But uh, the more I dig into it, and especially after I talked to one of the victims, I just found out more, and it was just—it was—I don't know how to describe it, but I will tell you the story. So today, the Department of Justice arrested uh, uh, three of the five um, defenders. Okay, one of them is called uh, Frank Liu um, and Jason Wong. And actually, there's a Westerner. You know, I think he's probably an American, right? So his name is called uh, Matthew Ziburus. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, the other two defendants uh, are still remaining large. Mm -hmm. At large, and these five uh, defendants they involve in three cases. Okay, so uh, what are the three cases? First, uh, Wang, who is a resident in Queens, New York, he was uh, already seventy-three years old. He was a former visiting scholar from China and an author. He actually helped started a pro-democracy organization in Queens. And he posed as a well-known author and activist, but uh, he actually, in the later years, it was found that he was working at the direction of the MSS, which is the um, Chinese uh, spy organization. The full uh, name is called the Minister of uh, Security, Security, um, Security so, Service, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's the official Chinese spy 
agency. So Wang used his position in the community and his status within you know, the Chinese diaspora community in New York City to actually secretively collecting information about prominent activists, dissidents, and uh, human rights leaders in the community to report information to MSS. Okay, so that's one case. The second case, that's, uh, that's uh, in, in regards to the defendants, they attempt to derail a U.S. Uh, congressional campaign um, who was a U.S. military veteran who was actually a student leader in the pro-democracy Tiananmen Square protests in China in 1989. And uh, so the defendant threatened to attack the uh, candidate among other crimes, in order to prevent his election to the Congress. But that story actually had a twist after what happened. So this I will just uh, reserve for the last mm -hmm. story to tell. Okay, so the third case. The third case, there are three defendants, including uh, Liu, the, uh, Matthew Ziburus, and uh, another one is Jason Sun. Uh, attempt to spy on a Chinese-American artist in Los Angeles, California, and destroyed his artwork. The artwork was critical of the Chinese government. Okay, so actually, I will just um, uh, start with this one. Okay, this is this story. Actually, this story somehow relates to the previous story. Okay, so. So now, uh, first of all, we just, uh, this uh, artist in Los Angeles, Mr. Chen Weiming, he's uh, uh, born in China and uh, graduated from a very prominent uh, art school in Beijing. He later on you know, escaped to New Zealand. Mm -hmm. he's, uh, uh, he holds a New Zealand citizenship, but now he's a U.S. resident in Los Angeles. In 2008, Mr. Chen created a, a June 4th meters high replica of the goddess of uh, democracy that no, stood in Hong Kong. 6.4 meter. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 6.4 meter high. It's a replica of the goddess of uh, democracy, which was on the Tiananmen Square in 1989. So, but he created one for Hong Kong that stood in the University of Hong Kong until the end of 2021. Okay, so in 2016, Mr. Chang and his friends purchased a land in the city of Yermo, which is near Los Angeles, and began to build a park called Liberty Sculpture Park. So according to him, the theme is after going after uh, the fighting for the democracy and the freedom of the people in China and of the world. And uh, they wanted to express their opposition to the communist tyranny and uh, mourning the victims of the communism. On the 30th anniversary of the Tiananmen massacre in 2019, they completed the park, uh, it's an iconic work, the June 4th massacre monument, as you uh, just saw on the screen. So here's the story um, involved the spies. On June 4th last year, 2021, they created uh, this uh, CCP virus sculpture, and it was inaugurated on the day of the June 4th 
anniversary. But then, just after five weeks, the sculpture was burned and totally destroyed by unknown people. Okay, so it was in the news. I'm not sure if our audience saw it, but it was all, all over the news in the Chinese community. So today, the DOJ said that uh, it was actually de destroyed by the CCP agents. So there are three defendants, as I mentioned before. According to the complaint, um, among the three defendants, Liu is the president of a purported media company based in New York. Okay, and uh, Matthew Ziburis is a former correctional officer for the state of Florida and a bodyguard. That's the Westerner, the only Westerner in this case. And uh, then the third person, Sun, he's a PRC-based employee of an international technology company. So the two defendants in the United States, Liu and Ziburis, have been operating under Sun's direction and the control. Sun has paid both for their efforts to stalk, harass, and the surveil dissidents residing in the United States. As part of their efforts, the defendants electronically alleged, allegedly spied on the um, pro-democracy activists, including this artist. So, for example, this Matthew Matthew Zubiris, he actually posed as a, a, a subordinate, subordinate of an art dealer interested in purchasing or displaying the artwork of Mr. Cheng. And then just during the conversation, during the visit, Zubiris secretly installed surveillance cameras and a GPS device at um, Mr. Chen's workplace and in his car. And while in, in China, the third, their boss, Sun, was watching the live videos feed and the location data for, from these devices. So today I actually uh, talked to Mr. Chen about this case, and he said, uh, he, Matt, the, this Westerner, you know, posed as a worker for a dealer. Uh, art dealer said, uh, you know, the story was just so compelling, you know, he didn't suspect anything because they went through very professional uh, art dealing channel, okay, even went through his uh, uh, art agency. Mm -hmm. So he didn't suspect anything and it's a Westerner, right? Mm -hmm. If it's uh, appeared to be a Chinese, Mr. Chen, because of his experience with the CCP, he said, I would definitely have more questions. Mm -hmm. So he didn't suspect anything, let him install some uh, video camera because he said that the boss who was allegedly a, is a, um, um, a, a business person um, and a Jewish business person, mm -hmm. okay. And he said he's so interested in his artwork, wanted to see how it worked, how did he made it. So he allowed him to install some um, camera like with his permission, but he, the person actually secretly installed other uh, surveillance cameras in his car and trying to install in his uh, residence as well. So anyhow, and they even give him a deposit of $20,000. Mm -hmm. So everything just seems so legit, right? So um, only a few days ago, he said he started to questioning, maybe this is a person, you know, 
who had the prob problem. But he didn't know, actually, DOJ later found out that uh, who the people who destroyed his artwork is actually them as well. Be yeah. So, and uh, so this is like happening just right in front of him, right? So then it goes to the third story, but actually Mr. Chang knows quite a lot about the third story as well. So, okay, let's go to the third story, which is uh, the DOJ just uh, charged this uh, Chinese agent uh, spy, try to uh, destroy, like try to um, harass a U.S. congressional candidate. And this candidate, uh, Mr. Yan Xiong, he had a very good, actually very good background. So let me tell you what's his background. Mr. Xiong was one of the 11 student representatives who had a dialogue with the CCP prime minister on, uh, during the student movement uh, in May 1989. Later, he was on the CCP's wanted list. Okay, he's the one of the 21 students uh, student activists was who were wanted by the CCP after the massacre. And then he actually was arrested by the authority and imprisoned in Beijing for 17 months and was released in 1991. Then in 1992, Mr. Xiong was rescued to Hong Kong, which is a secret uh, channel, right? It's, it's quite a famous uh, um, rescuing um, activity. Then, you know, cons uh, subsequently, he came to the United States in June of uh, 1992. So, after he settled down in New York, uh, in United States, a few, in 1994, Mr. Xiong joined the U.S. Army and was commissioned in 2003. And he had since served in the U.S. Army for 26 years, including uh, deployed to Iraq for a year. Then in September last year, after he retired from the U.S. Army, Xiong announced his intention to run for U.S. congressional seat, representing New York's first congressional district for the Democratic primary scheduled on June 28th this year. So he was running, he is running as a Democrat. According to DOJ, the defendant, whose name is, uh, last name is Ling, 59 years old, who is still at large, it's, it's, a, it's a Chinese uh, citizen. He worked on behalf of the PRC's uh, MSS, again, the Ministry of uh, State Sec Security. The MSS, as we explained, it's a civilian, uh, civilian intelligence and a secret police agency responsible for counterintelligence and uh, political uh, security. So beginning in September 2021, Ling, this uh, MSS agency, hired a private investigator in New York, tried to disrupt the campaign event, uh, campaign activity by Mr. Xiong. Ling explained to this uh, private investigator that if Xiong is elected uh, in this primary election, then he might be elected to be a legislator. And he told the investigator saying, right now, we don't want him to be elected. 
and he emphasized that uh, whatever price you ask for is fine, as long as you can do it, meaning you can disrupt, uh, destroy his uh, candidacy. He also promised the private investigator that uh, we will have a lot more of this work in the future, and including right now, a New York State legislature. Ling explained to the private investigator that he was working with other unidentified individuals in the PRC to stop Mr. Shong from being elected to the U.S. Congress. So he asked for the Shong's personal information and also requested the private investigator to try to unearth some dirt information of Mr. Shong and said if cannot find any such information, can you create some? Can you man manufacture something? And he encouraged, encouraged the, the private uh, investigator to go find a girl or see how Xiong uh, goes for prostitution, take some photos, something for that nature. So in December 2021, Lin, uh, the even proposed that the private uh, investigator also consider physically attack the victim, meaning Mr. Sheng, to prevent his uh, candidacy. Okay, so that's what the DOJ's uh, description of what happened. Mm -hmm. But actually, there's a twist that DOJ in their story it didn't include. I'm not sure if they are aware of it, but um, actually, Mr. Xiong right now, his attitude towards the student movement in 1989 is uh, he might be against it. He basically, yeah, what uh, Kathy's saying that Xiong uh, may have been compromised by the CCP himself, this is the candidate, right? Yeah, so maybe people say, okay, why, like uh, you are, you know, he had such a long history uh, of being uh, pro-democracy in China and then served in the U.S. Army for 26 years, right? And he and, must be a good guy. Yeah. And, he must be a good guy, is he? Yeah, and actually a lot of friends, including Mr. Chen, the artist I interviewed him, he had a few personal in, uh, interaction with him and he, till today he said, you know, personally he still believes, he feels that he's a very, you know, upright person, mm -hmm. okay, given his background and everything. So, but what happened in after December, okay, starting this year? In early February, Mr. Shong actually paid for a quarter page ad, which is a statement on a Chinese newspaper in New York. So on this statement, he, what he say, he, he, he was saying that uh, he demand his name to be removed from the preparatory committee of building the June 4th Memorial Hall in New York. He said, I had absolutely no idea about this preparation work and my signature, and I have never participated in it. And it, uh, he states that, that uh, without my consent, listing my name on the list of the committee is against my personal will and infringe on my right to name. And uh, he therefore strongly demand to withdraw his name immediately. Otherwise, he will just, you know, preserve his right of legal prosecution. Uh, he reserves such rights. So it's a very strongly worded mm -hmm. statement. Yeah, not only object to that, but also make the public statement, let everybody know that, uh, no, I'm not uh, with this uh, 
June Fourth Memorial Hall. Memorial Hall thing. Yeah. So then, so? yeah, and, and I asked Mr. Chen. He said uh, at that time he was just feel he he obviously read about it. And he said, uh, you know, in, if it's indeed the case, uh, they put on his name without his consent. He could just simply make a phone call yeah. to the organizer, saying, "You know, please take on take down my name. I don't want to be on there." Right? Mm -hmm. Why he put out such a public statement and uh, just you know with such strong words? And Mr. Chen felt it's not good for the image of the uh, the, the June Fourth um, uh, student movement, right? Mm -hmm. So then, a few days later, on February sixteenth. There was an event in Flushing, New York. It, the, the event was uh, had the theme of uh, 2022 Chinese New Year Community Seminar. Okay, that's the name. Mm -hmm. And who organized it? Uh, the organizer signed it as a community committee. Okay, very vague. So a very senior Chinese newspaper reporter found out later that this so-called community committee is actually with the Chinese Gen uh, Consulate General Office in New York. Mm -hmm. And uh, the main person there is the president of the Fujian Community Committee, okay, which is very close uh, with the consulate. And under, in this seminar, in this press conference, the organizer first saying that uh, during the pandemic, we call for the unity of Chinese Americans and oppose any division of ethnic groups and also uh, oppose the Asian hate. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then he went on to saying that uh, a small number of uh, pro-democracy activists wants to build this uh, June Fourth Memorial Hall in New York, and he said this is destroying the uni unity of the community. We firmly insist, resist, and oppose it. And he said, we oversee Chinese, do not hope anything like this um, and to engage in racial division. And uh, actually, the, the, the photo that now you see is the press conference, is the, the group picture mm -hmm. of such event. And Mr. Shong is actually in the center of this group of people. Yeah, Kathy will actually explain to you quite a bit of detail, okay? But uh, let, let me just interpret this uh, for you. And uh, for any Chinese American or any Chinese people who understand how, how to say, how, to, how, how Chinese government or the overseas Chinese community work, okay, something like this, something like that, you know, indicates the, you know, Xiong's positioning. Yeah, so I actually asked Mr. Chen, uh, Chen Weiming, because he actually knows a lot of inside out about uh, these incidents. So how to understand this? So Mr. Chen told us something. So Mr. Chen said, uh, you know, it, it shows, it clear, it's been clear to me, it really shows the CCP's um, a trick and their routine because he had a very similar uh, experience while he was in New Zealand. In New Zealand, uh, there was uh, this uh, first Chinese American um, parliament member. Not Chinese, Chinese American. Chinese uh, New Zealand. New, yeah. yeah. Chinese New Zealander. Right. Thank you. So his name is Wang Xiaoxuan. Okay, Mr. Wang. Mm -hmm. 
So Mr. Wang was the first Chinese New Zealander was elected to the Congress in New Zealand. Okay, he was actually also a staunch supporter of the June Fourth Movement, and uh, very firmly insists on the anti-communist stance. But then in two thousand five, he started to run for. Uh, actually, before two thousand five, okay, he ran for Congress, and uh, at that time, Mr. Chen said. Uh, uh, this uh, Mr. Wang's uh, father came to them and uh, said something very weird, and later on they realized what he meant is that uh, in order to be elected, Mr. Wang has compromised and to get very close to the Chinese consulate in New Zealand and uh, the pro-CCP uh, diaspora uh, community okay, uh, in New Zealand. So... Anyhow, you know, actually, Mr. Wang's grandfather was uh, persecuted severely by the Mao Mao Zedong. Okay, uh, so then um, later on, uh, because during the Trump administration, there was this China initiative by the DOJ, right? Mm -hmm. So they did a lot of investigation, a lot of charges against the espionage by the CCP, and they work with the other countries like New Zealand, Australia. At that time, uh, two Chinese descent uh, parliament members of uh, New Zealand, they suddenly just uh, resigned. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Chen said this is because they found out that the U.S. intelligence probably had their backgrounds, that mm -hmm. they were working oh, right. for CCP. Mm -hmm. So before they take action, you know, they just resigned. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, it's, but then I asked him how to understand it, right? Today's uh, DOJ's uh, charge includes one agent that uh, tried to disrupt Mr. Shung's uh, candidacy, mm -hmm. right? It means CCP, you know, is trying to destroy. He doesn't want him to be elected. How to reconcile with what happened recently? And he said, Let, let's, uh, let's listen to his, uh, yeah, another interview. <laughs> 第二步就是要为共产党买。Okay, okay. so what he explained to me is initially, you know, before, probably before beginning of this year, um, what CCP tried to do is to stop Mr. Xiong from running because he's a pro-democracy, right? It's an anti-CCP stance. And uh, then when they found it might not work, or if they found uh, he, this uh, person might be able to get elected, okay, they changed to another tactic, is trying to get him over. So in this way, for buy him over. Buy him over. So for the first step is so that uh, Mr. Xiong will be out of the pro-democracy movement in the United States, right, for Chinese. Second, then he will have to work for CCP in the Congress if he is elected. Mm -hmm. So um, you may ask, you know, but this is, you know, is that really the effect? I, you know, I just talked to other people and uh, saw some other reports. One thing is pretty sure that uh, he, he uh, around him, those are the uh, pro-CCP um, community leaders, so-called community leaders in New York, 
okay, they are, uh, that's according to two uh, former journalists who tried to help him, initially tried to help him to, with his uh, candidacy. They found out that. Second uh, is when he visited the local Chinese uh, community uh, in New York, what he said, it's in a video, and uh, he indicated, you know, he, what he tried to do is to form a better relationship between the United States and China so that people can have better business opportunities. So that's a very typical um, rhetoric. Yeah, rhetoric and debate, actually, right, mm -hmm. for, for a lot of people in the United States from the CCP, how they try to get them over. And then, lastly, if you, if you look up his website, campaign website of Mr. Xiong, his, in his website, in his uh, introduction, there's no one, no, not a word mentioning he was a member of the student movement. Nothing. He said uh, he's a former Beijing University Law School graduate student. Then he come to, came to the United States in 1992. Okay, there's not a word. Can you imagine that? He, was, he spent over a year in China, in Beijing prison. He was on the wanted list, right? And he didn't even mention a word. What does that mean? So, yeah, so even though DOJ believes that, and it, it was a, it's a fact that the CCP tried to destroy his uh, candidacy, but things now changed. They want him yeah, to be elected. Let, let me summarize it for you. Okay, DOJ charged five individuals. Some of them was trying to, trying to sabotage this, uh, this uh, former U.S. Army major, his name is Xiong Yan, which the photo you have seen there, tried to sabotage his uh, candidacy or his um, um, running for office, con congressional representative office. Okay, so DOJ did a good job, you know, got a hold of them and arrest them, and then now it's charging them. However, however, what DOJ did not know is that this gentleman, this uh, former major Xiong Yan, and uh, they they tried to try to force him out. They tried to hurt him and then try to smear him. When they, that doesn't you know work, they probably try to buy him out. And it seems on all the record he's already bought over. Okay, this is a congressional this is a congressional representative candidate. Who does you know the DOJ in try to you know, DOJ arrest those people? not arrest and charge those people who tried to hurt his candidacy, now he's already bought over. This is the entire picture, and we don't know whether DOJ was, was aware of that. So Kathy was merely reading from the photo, reading from the statement, reading from the bio, and can draw that conclusion. But this is a very Chinese thing, okay? DOJ may not have that know-how. They do not have that sense. The reason is, is this, okay, why did this gentleman hide all his actually glorious you know, um, history of uh, fighting for freedom. Because in, the, in America, when you try to run for office, you need the support of Chinese community. Most of them already on the side of CCP, even though they are Chinese American community. In order to get their vote, the candidate needs to disavow his fight for freedom in China before, so that he can get their votes. You understand this? This is how much we have lost our Chinese-American community in this country. This is a fact. 
and on the other, you know, in other other words, that shows how CCP is interfering with the U.S. elections. It's yeah. just only tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. Okay, and the one thing Mr. Chen actually told me that, um, according to his experience, CCP would not only invest in one party. Okay, they will invite into uh, invest into both parties. Okay, just don't think oh they probably only invest um, money, try to bribe people uh, in the, for example, the Democratic Party. Right? No, they also would invest in someone in the Republican Party because then, in this case, no matter who is elected, they will make sure that someone work for CCP. Yeah, they buy double the insur insurance. They are very thorough and they are every place, you know, everywhere. This is our congressional representative election. You know, you are talking about. And they try to control those people, try to hurt them. If they cannot, they just buy them over. Many of them, they, they were just bought over. Okay, this is how much they're trying to sabotage our elect, you know, elected uh, uh, officials and, and our election. So, yeah, so basically going, going forward from here, we probably need to remind the Justice Department. How have you, have you gone through the surface and get to the back of, back of it? You call those small agent trying to work for CCP, did you call the, those people who may be ready to sell their, their nation, which is United States of America? Have they got that? Are they able to get that? This is the situation here. And also, does DOJ realize that uh, how thorough and how you know, pervasive the CCP agent has been working in this country and um, buying not only just one one party, but both party. This is how far they go. Yeah, and uh, if you are in New York, okay, if you are in the District 1, and, you know, you don't take my words, don't take our words only, do your own research and uh, to see if you would like to support this candidate or not. And for other candidates, you really, you know, as voters, we really have to do our homework. And... Uh, I would say, you know, by watching our show, by just, uh, you know, uh, watch out the information that we present, we hope that we can provide you with some knowledge, some uh, information, some tools that you can take away and uh, to, you know, identify um, whether there is uh, this um, malign forces behind our sacred uh, election process. Okay, it's, it's a little complicated, but I hope, hope you, that you get it. You got the idea, okay, the depth behind this uh, DOJ uh, case. Anyway, how about this? We just, uh, you know, what, what kind of feedback we got? Yeah, um, well, Luis said that, uh, yeah, reminded uh, people again, the Feinstein's uh, CCP driver, Swalwell's Finfin, Mistress Spy, the CCP in Hollywood, we have many unfinished uh, uh, treasonous business to correct. Yes, so CCP's infiltration just is very deep and wide. Yeah. Yeah, not only in the United States. As I talked to Mr. Chen, in New Zealand, in Australia, Canada, everywhere. Mm -hmm. So we really have to be, you know, take alarm. Okay, and, so, um, and uh, Hollis, you said jokes. <laughs> Hollis is very, I have to praise Hollis, it's uh, very persistent and 
every time remind away, you know. You have to tell a joke. Wow, okay. I have two sets of jokes. Okay, the first is the, the this is old jokes so between Russians and uh, Ukrainian. You don't remember, you don't know that how much there's a lot of uh, how to say bad blood between these two countries. They don't they don't like each other. And this is really, you know, old joke, but it can you know, it does illustrate something. All right. So a a, a rush uh, how to say a a Ukrainian boy at the Christmas time, okay, writes a letter to Santa. And uh, this is how he wrote it. Okay, dear Santa, I want the Russians to shoot you down. And oh. uh, <laughs> shoot you down, <laughs> you know, the sleigh and the deer, okay. Uh, and uh, the reason is uh, uh, so that uh, when, when you are coming to near my house, I want Russian to shoot you down so that Russian will, be, will get sanctioned by the West and I will get the presents. <laughs> That's a very uh, uh, political savvy boy. <laughs> and the Russian hikes in the Ukrainian forest. A Ukrainian armed with a pistol approach him and saying that, what are you doing here? The Russian was like, uh, I'm, I'm only here picking mushrooms. And uh, one second, one second before the Ukrainian shooting the Russian, the Ukrainian yells, but you have not planted the mushroom. <laughs> anyway, okay. actually, that, there's some old uh, Soviet or Soviet Union or the Russian jokes about, uh, you know, people was just protesting the communism, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, they got arrested. You know, it, when they passed out this leaflets and they protested the communism, they got arrested. Then, you know, some lady came over here and just passing out white paper. And then she also got arrested and she was, you know, just, just uh, you know, protesting there. He said, why? Why? I'm just white paper. Mm -hmm. The secret police said, you think we don't know what you're trying to say here? <laughs> now, this is not a joke. This is exactly what happened in Russia. So somebody, some white, some lady was really just displaying a piece of white paper and she was arrested for that. Let's play that, see whether we can. Take a look. This happened a few days ago. So it is a white it, paper, It's a completely white piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And she got arrested. Because the, in the mind of the police said, you don't, you don't know that we know that you are trying to protest against the war? Well, yeah. no it? laughter here, okay? It's very cruel. This is reality that we're facing there. Unbelievable, right? So joke is no longer joke. Joke is reality. Anyway, so that's the, hopefully that's still some light, uh, how to say, light ending for the topic today, mm -hmm. for the program today, tonight. And um, all right, thank you for being with us. Please remember to click the like. And uh, I'll see you in another two days. All right, take uh, care. Good night. Good night. Take care. Bye-bye.